Welcome to the first episode of our sports podcast. My name is Jackson Haskins. Joining me is Jason Rubalata. And for our first episode today, we will be discussing the win totals in the AFC. It's going to be interesting this season. Uh, if we have a full 16-game season like we have in the past, then this episode will obviously be relevant. I'm not placing any bets personally until we find out exactly what will be going on with this upcoming NFL season, you know, with the coronavirus and all. But um, we're going to get right to it, starting with the AFC East, Buffalo Bills. Over under nine wins. They had 10 in 2019. Got the league's toughest schedule. They had the big addition in Stephon Diggs, had a decent draft. Uh, What do you think, Jason? Yeah, I see a push for the Bills this year. I mean, they have to play teams like Kansas City, Vegas, the Titans, Seattle, San Francisco, and a vastly improved Denver team. I agree, Stephon Diggs is going to be a great new target for Josh Allen, as they also have John Brown and Cole Beasley. Uh, Speedster Isaiah McKenzie also on the outside. I think Dawson Knox will take another step this year. He was kind of, he had games where he showed, he flashed his potential, but I think he was a little, I think he could do better. Uh, Devin Singletary should finally be able to take over this backfield. I love the addition of Zach Moss as a complimentary back. I think he's going to be really good. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, who knows what's happening with Ed Oliver after his arrest <laughs> last week. Um, their defensive line is okay with Quentin Jefferson and Starla Tuolle. Um, I, they're, they're big additions, Mario Addison and um, Josh Norman. You know, Mario Addison's a really underrated player from Carolina. I think he has been for a number of years now. Uh, hopefully Josh Norman can get back on track with Sean McDermott, who was his defensive coordinator in Carolina in 2015. You know, th- this is a good defense. Tredavious White, one of the best corners in the league. I love their safety combination of Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde. You know, th- this team's going to be really competitive as they were last year. It's just a matter of how they uh, work through their schedule. I have the over. Ten wins last year. The, the total set at nine this year. So they're expecting them to regress. That defense was second best in the league last year statistically behind only the Patriots, and all they did was get better. They lost Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson, but I think the additions they have, they, they acquired, as Jason mentioned, with Quentin Jefferson, um, Vernon Butler, and then in the draft acquiring A.J. Epineza, I think that settles it at, at the, on the defensive line. Uh, so I think the defense, at worst, improved. So you look at Josh Allen, and it's going to be that offense, how much are they going to develop? And they were able to add digs on the outside. Uh, I don't know how much of a great pair that is with John Brown. I think they're kind of similar receivers skill set wise. Um, you know, now you have a, a two-headed monster with Zach Moss, Devin Singletary. And I think Josh Allen is going to make a little bit of an improvement. And I definitely see an over there for the Bills, especially in a division that's now up for grabs with the Patriots regressing. Um, so I'm taking the over with the Bills, and it's actually one of my best bets personally. Next, we've got the Miami Dolphins. The over-under is set at six wins. They had five last year, obviously drafting Tua Tagovailoa in the first round, along with Austin Jackson and Noah Igbenogany, the corner from Auburn. They had three first-rounders. Um, you know, no one really knows what they'll, what they'll do at quarterback. Is Tua going to sit behind Ryan Fitzpatrick the entire, entire season? We'll see. They've got the third toughest schedule. Um, They were very active in free agency. They got Byron Jones. I think they took half of the Patriots defense with uh, Kyle Van Noy. Um, They took a Landon Roberts, another linebacker, Ted Karras on the interior offensive line. 
They got Shaq Lawson from Buffalo, Emmanuel Agba, Jordan Howard, Matt Breda, very active. Um, what do you think, Jason? You know, the Dolphins are going to be an interesting team. They're favored in only three games this entire year, and they're barely favored in those three games. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick seems to do this every few years or so where he gets to a new team and kind of balls out for a few games and then the team wants to ride with them. I, I personally see them going with Fitzpatrick to start the year. Uh, I mean, they have a tough beginning schedule. New England and Buffalo right off the bat at New England, home versus Buffalo. You know, I, th- those games could go either way. I, I think they're going to lose probably both of those. I mean, who, who knows? New defense, a lot of new defensive players for the Dolphins. I like to see how Jordan Howard is with Matt Breida paired together. Jordan Howard more of a power back. Matt Breida really fast. Um, Devontae Parker is going to be, the, I think, a huge player, along with Preston Williams. Devontae Parker finally had his his breakout season last year. I mean, he was highly touted coming out of college, and he was really underwhelming. Um, last year, he, I think he had nine touchdowns and over 1,000 yards. Not a lot of catches, which was he, – he, he had a really big uh, – yards per catch. So I wonder how that's going to transfer to this year. Mike Kosicki is a good tight end. I thought he had good rap report with Fitzpatrick last year. You know, Tua is going to start games by the end of the year. I don't. I, at what point he starts games, I don't know. The stretch where they play Seattle, San Francisco, Denver, the Chargers, and the Raiders. I mean, all those games could possibly be losses for the Dolphins. And who knows when Tua will finally come in and start one of those games. Yeah, I'll be surprised if Tua plays this season. I think that they just give him an entire year behind Fitzpatrick. Really let that hip heal. Um, give him a year learning an NFL playbook. I'm taking the under. It's going to be tough, though, because you have a lot of teams at this five and a half, six win projection range. And of those teams, you know the Dolphins aren't going to be tanking. You know, they've already, they have no more incentive to tank. They got their quarterback into a. Um, so I think that down the stretch, they're going to be a team that's still fighting to win games. Brian Flores, I think, has some job security. But, you know, if, if it's getting close down the end of the year, he'll definitely possibly be fighting for his job. Uh, I really love the Dolphins defense. They have a great young linebacker core led by Van Noy, uh, Raekwon McMillan, Jerome Baker, a um, couple Buckeyes in there. Um, I love that defense. I just don't know if Ryan Fitzpatrick can lead Jordan Howard, Devontae Parker, Albert Wilson. You know, the line blocking form still isn't great. You got Eric Flowers, the Giants rejects up there. Um, I'm taking the under because they've got a very difficult schedule, but I do think that the Dolphins will be competitive this season. Next up in the division, we got the New England Patriots over under set at nine wins. They had 12 last year. They've got the toughest schedule in the league statistically, but obviously they were stripped in free agency. Tom Brady gone, Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins, Danny Shelton, Ted Karras, Alandon Roberts, Deron Harmon, all from that defense. Steven Gaskowski was cut. Feels like every single aspect of the game, offense, defense, special teams, they did not improve at all. Um what are you thinking, Jason? You know, the Patriots are also going to be another interesting team. I think that this AFC East is going to be very competitive with the Bills and the Patriots. Uh, the defense, I still feel like, is a strong suit for the Patriots. They still have Lawrence Guy. Hopefully Chase Winovich can step up this year into a bigger position. Dante Hightower, Stephon Gilmore, J.C. Jackson, Devin McCourty, Patrick Chung. Those are all big players from last year, and uh, they just re-signed Chung, who I, who I really like at safety. 
So the defense, you know, is going to be competitive. The main question is going to come around quarterback with Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer. Um, I don't know who's going to start the year. It could be either one of them. Uh, I think Stidham's going to end up playing the most games this year as they try and evaluate what his possible potential will be for the future. But, I mean, you have the same running back group with White, Michelle, and Burkhead. Um, but who's catching balls outside of Edelman? Nikhil Harry, I think, was a letdown last year, and so was Sanu coming from the Falcons in the middle of the year. Matt Lacoste, that's their main tight end. I mean, nothing special there. Their, their offense is going to be a main deciding factor for how they perform this year. Agreed. I'm a personal fan of Jarrett Stidham. Uh, going back to that 2017 college football season, he was a sophomore, and that was the draft class with Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, all those guys. And Jarrett Stidham was my favorite quarterback that season um, out of all those guys. That was a year that Auburn beat Alabama, had a chance to go to the playoff if they won the SEC championship, ended up losing to Georgia. Um, 2018 for Auburn. Stidham kind of took a step back. He didn't really improve like I thought he would. And because of that, he was able to slide into the later rounds and the Pats ended up taking him. So I, I've seen Jarrett Stidham perform well. Again, it was sophomore year of college. And in, now, you know, he's in his second season in the NFL and he still hasn't had any playing time. So we'll see how that goes. But I do think that they stick with Stidham. And I think he does. I think he's formidable. Um... But again, yeah, that defense is still staying, even though they lost a lot of big pieces, at least in the secondary, they still got both McCourty brothers, Stephon Gilmore, you know, defending defensive player of the year. They lost to Ron Harmon, who is one of my favorite players for the Pats, but they're replacing him with Adrian Phillips from the Chargers. Personally, I'm going with a push. They do have the toughest schedule in the NFL, having to play the Chiefs, the Niners, the Seahawks. You know, they got to play that whole NFC West division, um, got to play the Ravens. So it's definitely going to be a tough schedule for them. Nine and seven, though, I think is achievable, and I can see them grabbing the seven seed in the AFC East. All right, last in the division, we've got the New York Jets. Over-under set at seven wins. So in order to get that over, you're asking them to have a 500 record. They had seven wins in 2019. They've got the second toughest schedule in the NFL this year. What do you think with the Jets? You know, you, you'd think that the Jets would take a step forward this year, especially with Sam Darnold probably playing most of the games after he was out a lot last year with the mononucleosis. But, you know, playing the NFC West, those are going to be four tough games right there. And then they also have to play Kansas City, uh, a vastly improved Denver team. Seattle, I mean, the, the, Jets, the Jets also have a tough schedule. Le'Veon Bell, awful last year, really disappointing. I don't know how he's going to step forward this year in Adam Gase's offense. At the receiver position, Jameson Crowder received a ton of targets last year, a ton of catches. I don't, I don't see Jameson Crowder as a wide receiver one, but that's what they have him as. I love the addition of Denzel Mims, though, through the draft. Um, Rashad Perryman was kind of a weird signing. I mean, I guess he's the speed to replace Robbie Anderson, but I'd like to see how that works out. Chris Herndon was out with the suspension last year. He's a good tight end. I remember two years ago he had a strong year, so he'll probably be uh, – be better this year. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they have a decent defense with C.J. Mosley, Avery Williamson, uh, Logan Ryan, Jamal Adams. Uh, they have a decent defensive line, Quinnen Williams. Hopefully he can take a step forward. Uh, Henry Anderson's okay. I mean, it's, it's going to be a difficult, difficult sledding for the Jets this year as they try and, again, navigate that tough schedule. So you have the under? I'll take the under for the Jets. Yeah, I'm taking the under as well. Sam Darnold, yeah, again, last year, you know, when Sam Darnold was playing, it was a much different team from when he was out with Mono. That offense, 
I I like their offense. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell had a tough year, um, but it's also tough when you don't have your starting quarterback in to, you know, kind of threaten a passing game, and you've got so much relying on Le'Veon Bell. Even behind Bell, you've got Gore. They just drafted LaMichael Pirine out of Florida, Kenneth Dixon, Josh Adams. They've got a lot of runners. I love Denzel Mims, especially in the second round. That was a great pick, um, pairing him with Jamison Crowder. Brashad Perriman, again, uh, blew up last year with the Buccaneers. He was a bust with the Ravens and I think is finally making a name for himself in the NFL. They invested a lot into that offensive line. They signed George Fant for like $10 million a year. That's a lot of money. I don't know if he's worth it, um, but at least they're doing something to address that offensive line. They drafted Makai Becton in the first round. I think that offense is going to be pretty good, especially in an AFC East division where the offenses are going to be struggling. The defense for me, I don't trust it. Uh, You've got big names like CJ Mosley and Jamal Adams. I am a fan of Avery Williamson. Uh, Quinn and Williams had a great rookie year last year, but I think there are still a lot of holes in that defense, and I don't know if they were necessarily addressed in the draft or free agency. Uh, I do like Bryce Hall. That's a great pick in the fifth round, the corner out of Virginia. But I, I still think that this is a team that's going to have to do more improvements next offseason, at least on the defensive side of the ball, to try to make a claim for the AFC East title. So I am also going with the under. Moving on to the AFC North, we're starting with the Baltimore Ravens. The over-under is set at 11.5 wins. So to get that over, you need 12 wins. They had 14 last year. This is the easiest schedule in the NFL. And I'll start us off. This is one of the easiest overs I see on this whole board. Um, They added Calais Campbell via trade, one of the best defensive ends in the league. Uh, They did lose Michael Pierce, but you're replacing that with Michael Brockers, which I think is fine. Um, That linebacker situation is a little tough, but they drafted Patrick Queen in the first round, late first round, which I thought was a great pick. They added J.K. Dobbins. You got Malik Harrison, another great pick in the third round to address a linebacker position. Even at the end of the draft, like James Prochet in the sixth, Geno Stone, a safety out of Iowa in the seventh. They had a great draft. Easiest schedule in the NFL. You're asking them to lose three less games this or lose three more games this year than they did last year. I don't see it happening. I see the Ravens steamrolling over their schedule and cruising to the over. I mean, the Ravens are going to be the number one seed in the NFL next year. I mean, 11 and a half wins. That, that's going to be easy. I don't think they're losing a game until week 12, maybe at Pittsburgh, and that's a maybe at that point. I mean, Lamar Jackson's going to improve even more as a passer in his third year. He's the most versatile quarterback in the league, and he can hurt you so many ways. Defenses don't really know how to play him yet. Um, I don't mind the J.K. Dobbins pick. I mean, he's going to be a backseat kind of running back to Ingram, but I think they're going to be – I think they're good complementary backs. I think they'll be good together. Uh, I think a big question is around Marquise Brown. Uh Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson came out a few weeks ago saying that he wasn't at 100% last year. And he is one of the most dynamic, explosive wide receivers out of last year's draft class. I'd like to see how he steps forward next year. And then similarly, Mark Andrews had a breakout year last year. I mean, this offense is going to be so potent. I don't see anybody stopping their offense. And then again, on the defensive side of the ball, adding Calais Campbell and Derek Wolf are huge pickups that are going to bolster that interior. Um, outside of Matt Judon, though, not much edge presence, but Campbell and Wolf should help offset that. Like you said, Jackson, Patrick Queen was a steal in the draft where he got picked. 
he's like Isaiah Simmons, a sideline to sideline player. Obviously, I'm not saying he is Isaiah Simmons, but they're very similar uh, styles. Um, the backside of the defense is super strong. Marcus Peters, I mean, they have really good corners, really good safeties. This team is going to be a, a lot to handle for the rest of the NFL. <laughs> yeah, the receiver position will be interesting. They didn't really, other than drafting uh, the Texas kid, Devin Duvernay, in the third. Um, I felt like if there was one place to improve from last year, the receiver position could have uh, could have been that spot. They're still relying now. This next year, they'll be relying on second-year players, Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin. Willie Sneed is still a guy that's going to be getting a lot of targets, so I don't know how I feel about that. But that backfield, the four-headed monster of Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and Justice Hill has to be the best backfield in the league. Pairing that with a running quarterback, Lamar Jackson, that's going to be fun to watch next year. Going on to the Cincinnati Bengals. This one was a tough one for me. They're projected five and a half wins. They only had two last year, but obviously with that number one pick, adding arguably the best college football quarterback of all time in Joe Burrow with what he was able to do with that LSU team last season. They've got the sixth easiest schedule in the NFL this upcoming season. They had huge additions in free agency. Uh, getting DJ Reader from the Texans was one of the most underrated additions in all of football this past offseason. He's definitely a top 10 defensive tackle in the league. They were able to add Trey Waynes, who's only been improving since he first came in the league with the Vikings, that first round pick out of Michigan State. I This is a tough one for me um, because I do think that offense last year, you, you throw in an, a healthy A.J. Green, you're a, a healthy John Ross, you drafted T. Higgins. Now you've got a, a quarterback that, I mean, Andy Dalton, when he was healthy, I think was formidable. He led the Bengals to the playoffs a few times. And he's a franchise leader in passing touchdowns. But Joe Burrow, I think, has a better understanding of how to run an offense. Joe Mixon had a great year last year. And that defense, they continue to add pieces. That defensive line with Carlos Dunlap, DJ Reader, Geno Atkins, Sam Hubbard, even Carl Lawson, you know, on the in the depth chart, I think that's one of the best in the league. The secondary is improving. Will Jackson is still young. Jesse Bates still young. Now you're adding Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander from the Vikings as well. I think this is a team that's it's going to be tough, but I think they're going to barely hit the over and and have six or seven wins this upcoming season. Yeah, I also like the over for the Bengals. I mean, they get Jonah Williams back after he was out all last year, the first-round pick out of Alabama. Um, their offensive line was really suspect last year, and that's only going to help. I mean, their defense, as you said, I think is vastly improved. DJ Reader, you know, from Houston, really good defensive lineman. Same with Trey Waynes from Minnesota. He's also really good. I love Von Bell and Jesse Bates at safety. Uh, I like the over for the uh, Bengals. Good. We agree. Um Cleveland Browns over under eight and a half wins. They had six in 2019. So the question is, did they do enough to improve in this offseason to get three more wins? So you need them to go nine and seven to hit the over. I personally don't see it happening. They do have the fourth easiest schedule in the NFL. They did make some good additions. They added Austin Hooper. You got Jack Conklin to solidify that right side of the offensive line. Kevin Johnson, Carl Joseph, but... The big one for me is losing Joe Schober, a guy who is one of the biggest names on that def on that defensive side, uh, really led that defense in the middle. 
Um, they had good draft picks. Jedrick Wills, I think, was a good pick. Uh, Jordan Elliott, the defensive tackle out of Missouri in the third round, was a good pick. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, the athlete out of, out of Michigan in the sixth round, was a great steal. Don't know how I feel about Grant Delpit, but ultimately, I just don't see the Browns improving by three games. I mean, you do have a full season of Kareem Hunt now. You've got a head coach who hopefully has a brain. Um, I personally don't see it happening. What do you think, Jason? You know, I actually like the over for the Browns this year. I mean, th- this is going to be one of the most watched teams this year after Baker Mayfield let down last year. I will say Nick Chubb became one of the league's best backs last year, albeit his ball handling issues. Um, Kareem Hunt, great complimentary back. I like this. I would love to see him get more chances this year as he was one of the best running backs when he was at Kansas City. You know, th- this team, it depends on what they do at wide receiver. Odell was wildly underused last year by Freddie Kitchens. Uh, well, well, Jarvis Landry did shine a little bit. Um, I think Stefanski will actually focus on the passing game a bit more than expected after coming from Minnesota, where he relied on Dalvin Cook a lot of the time. Um, Austin Hooper, in addition from Atlanta, finally reached his potential last year, I think. And all these targets are great, but Baker hasn't shown much in this team that's going to need him to shine. I think Stefanski is just going to abandon the passing game and give Chubb the ball, uh, Chubb and Hunt the ball 25-plus times a game. Wow. Did you see Nick Chubb uh, last week said, don't draft Odell, draft Jarvis Landry in fantasy this upcoming year? Yeah, that's a great way to gain, uh, <laughs> team chemistry in the locker room. Uh, I, I, maybe it was a dare from a teammate or something, but I mean, I can't imagine saying that and, and that's getting not away with it. Especially someone who's such a, a hothead like Odell to begin yeah. with. I don't see it happening, but um, it de- it'll definitely be a, a fun team to watch this upcoming year with some big flashy names. The Steelers... Over under nine and a half wins. They had eight wins in 2019. They've got the second easiest schedule this upcoming season. The big loss for them was Javon Hargrave, who, again, just like DJ Reader, was top 10 defensive lineman in the, in the league. Uh, in the draft, they didn't have a first-round pick because they acquired Minka Fitzpatrick the previous season. They did draft Chase Claypool, who's an absolute baller in the second round, able to high point like crazy. Um, I like the end of their draft with Antoine Brooks Jr., the safety out of Maryland in the sixth, Carlos Davis, the D tackle out of Nebraska in the seventh. I think both of the guys, both of those guys will still make the roster despite being late picks. I see this team going over eight wins last year with the combination of Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges, who I, I don't think either of them learned how to throw a football before the age of 15. Um, they, they were just horrible at that position. Um, they've got great targets, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington. I think Deontay Johnson will take a huge step forward this upcoming season. Uh, even Deion Kane is a guy that I loved out of Clemson. Didn't do much with the Colts, but hopefully we'll see um, if he can grab some targets in an air raid Steelers offense. Chase Claypool, again, we just mentioned. But that defense was the strength of the team last year, despite having a quite an, a horrible offense. You know, James Conner was hurt for, for so long that they were relying on guys like Jalen Samuels, um, even like Benny Snell got a ton of carries in his rookie season. That defense was just so strong that they were able to carry him to eight wins. Now you've got Ben Roethlisberger back. You're hoping for a healthy James Conner. Um, I, I, they did lose Ramon Foster on the offensive line. I don't think that's a huge deal because they added Steven Wisniewski. Um, I think this is an over. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think this is one of the easier overs this year, actually. I mean, that defense might be the best defense in the NFL. Bud Dupree and TJ Watt are two of the best edges in the league. Uh, Devin Bush, great pick last year. Uh, Joe Hayden, Steven Nelson. I mean, they're they're old, but they're gonna be they're gonna be competitive. And then Mika Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds at safety are two of the best safeties in the league. You know, their defensive line's a little iffy. Cam Hayward's a stud, but outside of that, Stephon Tuitt is gonna be decent. But I I, I think another uh, addition in the defensive line will be helpful. You know, I, I love the I love Anthony McFarland in their backfield. They again, like the Ravens, they have a ton of running backs with Connor, Samuels, McFarland, Benny Snell. I think that's going to be another potent rushing offense. But getting Ben Roethlisberger back, who is 100 times better than Hodges and Mason Rudolph, is just going to help this team. Uh, hopefully Juju Smith-Schuster can take a step forward after that down year last year. But again, like Jackson said, Chase Claypool is going to be a stud. Um, great wide receiver. I mean, they're favored in 14 out of their 16 games this year. I think they easily hit the over. Uh, I think the addition of Eric Ebron was a little weird considering that the Steelers don't use their tight ends much. Um, especially Vance McDonald had a chance to be big last year and he kind of disappointed. So I still think it's an easy over for the Steelers. Anthony McFarlane is a guy, um, I went to the Ohio State-Maryland game in 2018, the Dwayne Haskins year. Yeah. And it's a game that went, like, Ohio State was favored by, like, 35, and it went into overtime. Um, I remember all But <laughs> the, the first, Maryland started with the ball. They handed it off to Anthony McFarland, gone, 80-yard touchdown. And then I think Ohio State punts, Maryland gets the ball back, handed it off to Anthony McFarland, gone, 80-yard touchdown. Yeah. I, that kid's going to be fun to watch. I'm disappointed he went to the Steelers because, obviously, as a Pats fan, I hate the Steelers, but... I mean, Anthony McFarland in, like, the fourth round, I think they took him. Um, I think he'll be a, a good fit with that offense. Moving on to the AFC South, Houston Texans over under eight wins. They had 10 wins in 2019. Despite not having a first-round pick, they made a lot of noise this offseason and not in a good way. Losing uh, DeAndre Hopkins via trade, adding to, uh, David Johnson in that trade. They're going to try to replace DeAndre Hopkins with Brandon Cooks. They lost DJ Reader. Um, you know, they did add Randall Cobb and Eric Murray. I don't know what, what you uh, what you think about that, but they're going to try to replace DJ Reader with uh, Ross Blacklock, the rookie D tackle from TCU. I actually thought that was a pretty good pick in the in the second round there, but they only had four other picks. Uh, Jonathan Greenard being the 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 most noteworthy one out of Florida in the third round. I, this is a Texans team that I. You're asking them to go nine and seven, and I don't see it happening. Um, that secondary is very vulnerable, which I don't like saying because they've got two Ohio State Buckeyes on, on, at the corner position with Garyon Conley and Bradley Roby. Roby, I like. Conley still hasn't really taken that that jump in in skill yet since we've uh, since he was drafted in the first round by the Raiders. JJ Watt, since uh, I mean these last few seasons. He's been injury prone and hasn't been able to complete an entire season. His uh, value has kind of taken a, a jump back a little bit. I do like their linebacker core, but I mean, you take away a guy who had such great chemistry at receiver with DeAndre or uh, with Deshaun Watson uh, in DeAndre Hopkins, and you're trying to replace him with Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is a guy that's been jumping around team from team. Uh, started with the Saints, you know, went to the Patriots for a year. You know, he had a thousand plus yards, but never really clicked with Tom Brady. Went to the Rams, 
kind of took a back seat there to Robert Woods and um, Cooper Cup, and now they're going to try him at Houston. I mean, he's he's a he's a speedster. Like I don't think matching him with a guy like Will Fuller is going to work too well. Um, I personally don't see Deshaun Watson being able to lead this team to nine wins. Um, they do have the eighth toughest schedule in the NFL, and it's no disrespect to Deshaun Watson, but with the um, the losses that this team undertook this past offseason, I don't see it happening. You know, this is our first podcast, so I just want to start by saying I apologize to all Texans fans that you have to have Bill O'Brien as your head coach. <laughs> Bill O'Brien's an idiot. I mean, you basically gave away DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson, who's there to replace Carlos Hyde. I mean, I don't... It, that might be one of the worst trades in NFL history. Um, this is a worst-case scenario for the uh, Texans in terms of their schedule. They have to start the year at Kansas City, then against the Ravens, the Steelers, the Vikings. Then they get a week off against the Jaguars, who are going to be awful. <laughs> but then they play the Titans and the Packers again back-to-back weeks. I mean, that, that beginning schedule, those first six or eight games, is just going to be awful for the Texans to try and... Uh, Kansas City, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Minnesota are the first four games. That's... Yeah. That's really tough. I mean, their second half schedule is a little bit easier. They have a few, they have a few games where they go against the Lions, the Bears, who I think are going to be awful this year. Uh, and then they play the Colts twice. I think they'll split there. Um, but, you know, the, the Texans got worse this offseason, and there's no arguing about it. I mean, their defense got worse. I mean, Whitney Merciless and J.J. Watt have been there forever, and they'll kind of hold down the defensive line, I guess. But, I mean, losing D.J. Reader was huge. And they just have a lot of guys that haven't really shown much in term, when, when you look at the uh, corners and the safeties. Justin Reed has been decent. I mean, Bradley Roby, Gary and Conley, and Vernon Hargraves are their corners. I mean, Bradley Roby's had a few good years. Gary and Conley coming from the Raiders, who uh, hopefully takes a step forward. Vernon Hargraves has been a disappointment since he came into the league. But, you know, this is going to be a tough team to pick this year. I, I personally think they're going to push – um, their offense is still going to be decent, I think. I mean, David Johnson, even though he was bad in Arizona these last few years, he's a great running back, dual running back. I think he'll be fine along with Duke Johnson. You know, Brandon Cook's definitely a downgrade from DeAndre Hopkins. We'll see what he does with Deshaun Watson. Uh, Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson have great chemistry. It's just a matter of Will Fuller staying in the field, which he hasn't been able to do at all in his career. But, you know, I, I like a push for the Texans this year. I will say that one of the biggest issues with the Texans in recent years was that offensive line. Deshaun Watson was always the highest sacked quarterback in the league, and they have done well at trying to improve that offensive line, at least on that exterior. Uh, they have a t- uh, first-round pick, Titus Howard, on the right side. Laramie Tunsil, who they invested a first-round pick to get um, from the Dolphins on the left side, and they paid that dude like crazy. Um, I don't see it happening, but the, the issue is if you take that over – they're going to start at best two and four to that season, and then you're sweating it the rest of the year. So I can't imagine taking that over. Um, I can see a push, but I, I would bet that the under ends up hitting. Next up, Indianapolis Colts. They're projected eight and a half wins. They had seven the year before. They've got a pretty average schedule. They had two big acquisitions, DeForest Buckner from the Niners, that defensive lineman, top five defensive lineman in the league. They gave up their first-round pick to acquire him, and then they gave him a bag. They also acquired Phillip Rivers to man the quarterback position until they're able to get their franchise guy. They lost Eric Ebron and Pierre Desir. Really not big, noteworthy guys, although Pierre Desir, I felt like uh, 
in a average secondary was one of their best guys. Um, they're replacing him with Xavier Rhodes, who had a bad couple of seasons uh, these last couple of years with the Vikings, but a few years ago was one of the best corners in the league. Um, so that secondary is now going to be, at least at the corner position, you've got TJ Carey, Xavier Rhodes, and Rocky Sin. Kenny Moore, I'm more of a fan of, um, so we'll see how that goes. Beyond that, in the draft, Michael Pittman Jr. in the second round was an interesting pick out of USC. He's a big, tall receiver. We'll see uh, how Phillip Rivers uses him. Jonathan Taylor was a great pick in the second round. Justin Blackman, I'm a huge fan of. Safety out of Utah in the third round. Um, I mean, you're asking them to go five or uh, nine and seven in a division that's definitely up for grabs. You got two easy wins at the Jaguars. I think at worst, you split with the Titans and with the Texans. I see it happening. I can see the Colts going nine and seven. Um, you're giving Phil quite a few weapons. Uh, the biggest issue with them last year, T.Y. was hurt for a lot of the season. Paris Campbell, I think, ended up playing like three games. So if you think about beyond T.Y. Hilton, that offense in the past few seasons hasn't really had a big target. Um, what Dante Moncrief or Zach Pascal, Chester Rogers, um, they haven't really, Devin Funchess, they haven't really had a huge receiving core. Now you've got T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman Jr., Paris Campbell Jr., Zach Pascal. All four of those guys combined, I think, make up a huge, um, talented receiving core. You're mixing that with Jack Doyle. You've got pass catchers in the backfield. Naeem Hines is one of the best uh, pass-catching backs. Even Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor can do, uh, do work out of the backfield. Uh, I see this going over. I think the Colts can go 9-7, and seven, even 10-6. and six. That defense is uh, still young and improving. The Force Buckner is going to be uh, a force to be reckoned with on the on the interior. Um, Darius Leonard's only improving. He's a leader of that linebacker core. Malik Hooker is a safety who, if stays healthy, is one of the best in the league, in my opinion, at least ball hawking wise, coverage skill wise. Um, what do you see with the Colts, Jason? You know, I think I have the Colts going eight and eight, but I mean, with the over under at eight and a half, I think there's a couple toss up games that could throw that either way, especially playing against Cleveland on the road or Las Vegas on the road. I mean, those are two games that are going to be really competitive, and those can make or break the uh, over under there. Like you said, the defense is going to be much improved from last year. I think the Forrest Buckner, huge addition. Justin Houston, that defensive line is going to be really good. Darius Leonard, the tackling monster. Anthony Walker to go along with him. That's a really great linebacker duo right there. Um, interested to see what they do with Xavier Rhodes at corner. I mean, he's been declining the last few years as he was on Minnesota. I wonder how they're going to use him, especially with Kenny Moore and Rocky Sin getting most of the snaps, I think. Uh, Malik Hooker, great safety. No issues with the defense. I, I don't see Phillip Rivers throwing for 4,000 yards this year. I don't know what you think, but I think this is going to be a run-heavy offense with Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack. I mean, they, they're again, when we talk about great running back rooms, Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines, Jordan Wilkins. I mean, this team's going to run the ball a lot, and I think that's what's going to be key for them to win in games and maybe hit that over. Outside of T.Y., I'm not a huge fan of Paris Campbell. I think Michael Pittman was a great pick out of USC. I think he's a... I think he's going to be a good addition for Phil Rivers to throw to. Uh, Jack Doyle easily steps up and takes over for Eric Ebron. I mean, they've been splitting the last few years, and I think Jack Doyle's actually a little bit better than Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron had one breakout year, but I think Jack Doyle overall is a little bit better. Um, 
You know, this is a team I don't think I would bet on the Colts at all. I think there's too many games where there are toss-ups, and I don't, I don't know what we're going to get out of that Colts offense. Um, I'm fading the Colts in terms of bets, but I like them to maybe hit the under. Phillip Rivers is always a guy, too, that um, he's like the Jameis Winston type where he could have 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, and 30 picks. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be a, a difficult team to watch next year if you bet on them because I think I, I don't trust Phillip Rivers with a 20-point lead, and I don't see I – don't, I don't trust taking Phillip Rivers out of the game with a 20-point deficit. I think um, you know, the, the Colts are a team that are, are, are going to be in the game the entire the entire season. Yeah, the one thing I'll say is they have the best offensive line in the league, I think. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe outside of the Titans, they easily have one of the best offensive lines. So when we talk about their game plan being running the ball down your throat, that's not going to be a problem at all. I mean, they they could run for 150 yards a game if they really wanted to. I mean, that's not going to win the game. Obviously, Phillip Rivers needs to do some things with the, the passing game. But, I mean, the Colts are a tough team to watch this year, I think. Um, next in the division, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Over or under five and a half wins, six wins in 2019. They got an average schedule. They did add Joe Schobert to um, handle that interior linebacker core, but they lost A.J. Boye via trade. They lost Calais Campbell via trade. They traded Nick Foles. I think if this was a team where you're going to put Nick Foles at quarterback the entire year, it's a different story. Maybe they get to that six-win mark. You're trusting Gardner Minshew the entire season. I think they had a really good draft. I love C.J. Henderson, the corner out of Florida. Love Calevon Chason, the uh, edge rusher out of LSU. LaVisca Chenault, I don't know if I would have spent a second-round pick on him, but I do like him. Devon Hamilton, the D-tackle out of Ohio State, I like him. Josiah Scott, um, definitely some great picks in here. Uh, they had, like, 12 of them, so, I mean, at least some of them should end up uh, turning out to be good players. But I don't trust Gardner Minshew to get to that six-win mark. Um, this is a team that I think is going to be incentivized like crazy to tank. You've got Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, um, in the, in the upcoming draft, it's arguably the best quarterback draft we've seen since at least like, uh, what was it? 20, 2011, 2012, the, uh, RG3 Andrew Luck draft when they went one, two, um, it's at least the most talented since then, uh, maybe even more talented since that one, since that year. Um, so I think they're going to definitely be tanking going for uh, Trevor Lawrence with that number one pick. Um, I think they're the favorite to have the number one pick in the upcoming draft. So the five and a half mark is kind of confusing. Um, I see them winning maybe two or three games. Half the team on their defensive side doesn't even want to play for them. Yannick Ngakwe has been a been a, a brat talking about not wanting to play with them all over Twitter. Um, same with Leonard Fournette. Um, I just don't see Gardner Minshew, a, a guy with inexperience who's a sixth-round pick last year. I don't see him being able to lead this team, um, who's all, which is all sorts of messed up, um, to six wins. Yeah, I think this is really easily – the Jaguars are really easily going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. And I wouldn't doubt – I'm not going to say that they're not going to be the worst because they're going to be the worst. I mean, they're not favored in a single – any of their games this year, not a single one of them. I mean, their defense is okay, I guess. They have a good defensive line with Nagakwe, uh, uh, Allen, uh, Jason. I mean, they'll be competitive there. You know, there was this whole issue. I mean, Minshew Mania was a big thing last year. And while he had he flashed potential in some games, I mean, I don't see 
mean, he's throwing to DJ Chark, DD Westbrook, Chris Conley. I mean, it, you're not putting up a huge amount of points with those receivers. I mean, Tyler Eifert comes down from Cincinnati to be their tight end. He's been hurt constantly throughout his career. I don't think that's a huge addition at all. Leonard Fournette, super disappointing last year. I mean, they didn't, what, they didn't pick up his option, right, for uh... – Leonard Fournette I don't, is a guy that I don't really trust as a number one running back, like your workhorse. I think yeah. he's good in the uh, – maybe a um, – like a, a duo, a pair. Um, but he was a guy that was all in, in all sorts of trade talk, especially with a team like the Chiefs who so badly needed a, a running back. But I think if the Chiefs acquired Leonard Fournette, the Chiefs would be a, a worse-off team. Leonard Fournette is the type of guy that requires the offense to be built around him because he's so one-track-minded. I don't think he, he is versatile in his skill set. He's just a ground-and-pound runner. He's very one-dimensional. I mean, he's exactly. just going to get the ball and go downhill. I mean, you're not going to get huge numbers from him out of the backfield. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was a much better pick for the Chiefs in terms of style of that offense. I don't think much time needs to be put under the Jaguars here. They're easily hitting the under. <laughs> yeah, if we, we can move on. If we if we have a 16 game season <laughs> scheduled as planned, I'm putting my tuition on the Jaguars under, no doubt. Yeah, That's, I see. I see two and 14 for the Jaguars. <laughs> Easy pick, lock it. But <laughs> but the good thing for the Jags is because of that, they'll end up with one of the the, the best quarterbacks in the NFL next year or the year after. I mean, after. Uh, the 2020 or 2021. I, I wonder what they do if Gardner Minshew kind of balls out this year, though. Like, what are they gonna? If, I if, think Gardner's gonna show flashes like he did last year. Gardner, when he first came in, was decent, right? Mm-hmm. And then once he, he ended up, the offense had to be relying on him um, for the next whatever until Nick Foles was healthy. He definitely showed that he was a sixth round pick. And, um, you know, when, when he first came in, it was. All right, I think that Gardner Minshew is going to take this job over Nick Foles. And then as he continued to play, people were like, no, nah, this is definitely a sixth-round pick, and yeah. we want Nick Foles. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Mike Glennon uh, ended up taking the job. Um, or, or even like Jake Lawton was their sixth-round pick out of um, Oregon State. I could see him getting time. I don't trust Gardner Minshew. I love the guy. He's got a great personality. Um I don't trust him in a 16-game season to go to go 6-10. and 10. Yeah, I think if you look at one game for the Jags last year, it has to be that game in London where they played the Texans and got absolutely murdered 26-3. I mean, Gardner Minshew threw the ball 47 times, 309 yards and two interceptions. I mean, if that's what you're going to get out of your starting quarterback, then it's going to be a tank and they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Agreed. Titans, to wrap up the division, over under 8.5 wins. They had 9 in 2019. We'll start with you on this one, Jason. They've got an average schedule. What do you think? You know, I think the Titans are being disrespected last year. I think everybody thinks they had this miracle run and that they're going to – I love the over for the Titans, actually. Ryan Tannehill, I mean, he, he was actually decent in Miami. I mean, he led them to a playoff game once. I mean, he's a serviceable quarterback that's going to get the ball out quick. Kind of reminds me of an older version of Joe Burrow, obviously not as, uh, not as dynamic as Joe Burrow. But, I mean, he does the same thing. Derrick Henry can argue – Arguably one of the top five running backs in the league, top three probably. I mean, no issue there. Great offensive line. They're going to run the ball down your throat. Uh, I think A.J. Brown's going to take a huge step this year. He showed a lot of potential last year, and I think he's obviously going to be their number one. I wouldn't be surprised if he had over 1,000 yards this year. Uh, Corey Davis, underwhelming. I mean, outside of A.J. Brown, not much there. Uh, I don't, you know, getting rid of Delaney Walker was kind of, 
I, I think it was time with the injuries, and he, he, kind of, he, had, he clicked with Mar uh, Marcus Mariota, but Jonu Smith's a super athletic, kind of wide, hybrid tight end, I guess, almost like Dawson Knox in that respect. And I, I think he's going to take a big step this year and um, maybe get around 500 yards and probably five touchdowns, maybe. Um, this defense, Vic Beasley, I think, was a good addition for them on the edge. Harold Landry, also a great player. Um, you know, they're lacking on the defensive line. Jeffrey Simmons is decent. I mean, that's going to be a little struggle there. But, you know, Malcolm Butler and Odori Jackson are decent at the corner. Odori Jackson, one of the fastest cornerbacks in the league. I think he's going to, I mean, him and Butler are a good duo. And then Kenny Vaccaro and Kevin Byard, I mean, they're really good safeties. And they also have Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans, who I think are really good linebackers. I mean, I really like the over for the uh, Titans this year. They do have a little bit of a tough schedule, I feel like. I mean, playing Baltimore, playing Minnesota, playing Pittsburgh, those are going to be tough games. And especially Denver on the road week one, I think that's going to be kind of an awakening to show how good Denver is going to be this year. But, you know, I'll take the over for the Titans. So nine wins in 2019 for the Titans. You look at how that team changed. Um... At least offensively, they didn't really improve that much, at least uh, pass-catching-wise. Uh, they're still sticking with A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys. Uh, again, I like A.J. Brown, but you don't have a lot of guys Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill can whip that ball into. Um, I do like the addition of Darrington Evans, the, the running back out of App State. I think that maybe... They're not going to pay Derrick Henry after this year if Evans can step up and, and prove to be a workhorse running back. So I do think that Derrick Henry is going to be splitting some time with Evans, although being still being the clear starter. Um, Isaiah Wilson was an interesting first-round pick because I don't think he starts right away. I think there were other guys that the Titans could have taken to have a more immediate impact. Defensively, the loss of Jarrell Casey is huge. Um, didn't get they they. Didn't give didn't get much back. Seventh I mean, rounder. Yeah, from. <laughs> I mean, I don't. That's completely mind boggling. Yeah, I was shocked too. They lost Logan Ryan, um, replacing him with Christian Fulton. Christian Fulton will be that number three corner, which I don't hate. Um, they also got Jonathan Joseph too to try to add depth to that secondary. Again, I like the safeties. Um, Vic Beasley. I mean, he, he was uh, arguably the defensive player of the year a couple seasons back in that Falcons Super Bowl run when. Um, he led the league in sacks. I don't see it happening. Um, you do have to think that last year, nine wins, they could have had more if they stuck with Tan or if they started with Tannehill instead of putting so much time and investment into Marcus Mariota at the beginning of that season. Um, but you also have, to also have to remember they did lose Jack Conklin, who uh, really tightened up that right side of the line. Uh, you're trying to replace him with Dennis Kelly from Philly. I don't see that happening. Um, I don't know if I can trust Tannehill to do it two years in a row. Um, this is a team that I think everyone can root for. Mike Vrabel's a great guy. Uh, so they're definitely still going to have that underdog story despite going to the AFC Championship next year. I wouldn't be surprised if it hits the, if it hits the over. I'm personally going to go with the under. Um, but it, I think it'll be an interesting team to watch next season. Yeah, I think the Titans, like the Colts, are, all, are both teams to fade this year. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with their... Uh... With their schedule and how they work through that, so I think both of those. So, do you think the Titans win that division? I think the Titans will win the division. It's going to be a competitive division between Houston, Indianapolis, and Tennessee. Um, I think Tennessee is probably. I think Tennessee and the Colts are two of the two best teams, and I think Tennessee can probably outdo the Colts for that division. 
Yeah, I, I think Tennessee at least has uh, a better staff, better coaching. So if it comes down to a, a Colts versus Titans game um, at the end of the season, which it very well may, um, I think it'll be fun to watch. And I think the Titans may have the edge. But betting-wise, I would pick the Colts. I'm not picking either because that division is always up for grabs and anything can happen. I'm not trusting Phillip Rivers with any of my money. Um, but it'll be fun to watch next year. We're going to move on to the AFC West, the last division in this podcast, starting with the Denver Broncos. You already kind of alluded to it. Uh, sounds like you are predicting an improving season for the Broncos. Their win total is set at seven and a half wins. They had seven last year. So um, sounds like you like the Broncos. Yeah, I like the Broncos over. I mean, Drew Locke's going to take big steps this year as the as the as they had uh, Jerry Judy, uh, KJ Hamler. I mean, those are going to be great additions for Drew Locke to get the ball out. Portland Sutton was really good last year, kind of underrated. Really big, kind of big, fast, can high point the ball wide receiver. Um, the Melvin Gordon pick is kind of weird to me. I mean, Philip Lindsay has been a monster since he's came to the league two years ago. I mean, he's had two really good years, and Royce Freeman has been a pretty good backup. So I don't completely understand what they were doing with Melvin Gordon there. Um, I guess it's just more weapons for Drew Locke, I guess. Uh, Noah Fant should take a big step forward this year at tight end. He showed potential last year, but I don't think had enough catches to really... Uh, he's going he's gonna to be good. And then the Jarrell Casey addition was big. Uh, kind of offsets losing Derek Wolf, I think. Um, Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, two of the best edges in the league. Uh, I love the addition of A.J. Bouye at corner. Um, you know, I, I think the team will hit the over. They do have a competitive schedule. I mean, playing in the AFC West is always going to be tough. Um, I don't know. What do you think about the Broncos? I've got the under personally, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if they go over. I like Drew Locke. I think he will improve. Like he's just like uh, Dwayne Haskins is a guy. Like it's two young quarterbacks that I think were improving late in the season that I think will take big steps uh, this upcoming season. Especially when you look at all the weapons that the Broncos added for him. Uh, you know, you mentioned Judy Hamler. Sutton was a beast last year. Uh, they even got Tyree Cleveland out of Florida in the seventh round. A guy I really like. Didn't expect him to be available in the seventh round. Um, but you're trusting a young quarterback, Drew Locke, with the offensive line they had. Garrett Bowles, the left tackle, was one of the worst in the league. Penalty um, monster. Penalty <laughs> yeah, monster. penalty monsters, right? You got Jawan James on the right side who, I mean, he's not your franchise tackle. They did add Graham Glasgow to try to you know, fit in at right guard. But you're going to throw in the uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, the, the rookie out of LSU at center. Um, I don't trust that O-line with a young quarterback. Um Another guy we hadn't mentioned was Noah Fant. Uh, I think uh, at times he was a liability last season, but I do think he'll improve. Um, but, yeah, that O-line really scares me. And they're also losing Chris Harris, who was one of my favorite corners in the league. Um, they're going to try to replace him with A.J. Boye. I think Boye was, was really good when he was paired with uh, Jalen Ramsey. But, you know, once Ramsey went to the Rams, you kind of saw a, a drop back in Boye's stats. I think he uh, really benefited from being the number two guy. Uh, being able to have Jalen Ramsey shadow that number one receiver. Justin Simmons, a safety, is one of my favorite players in the league. They did add Jarrell Casey, so that defense is going to be great. Um, I really like the the Iowa corner, um, Oja Moutier, um, that third-round pick. I think it's going to be tough. I, I can see them winning seven games, six games maybe. Um, that O-line is, that, that's definitely going to be a, uh, point of emphasis in the upcoming draft, the 2021 draft, uh, 
once you get Drew, I think Drew Locke is a franchise quarterback. I think you need to protect him, and that's going to be the storyline for the Broncos this upcoming season. I would take the under personally. Next up, we got the Kansas City Chiefs, reigning Super Bowl champions. The win total is set at 11.5 wins. They had 12 last year. You want to start us off with the Chiefs? Yeah, I think the Chiefs easily easily are going to be over this year. I think they're going to win 13 or 14 games. I mean, Super Bowl champs, they added Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of LSU with their first-round pick. I mean, he's, he's way better than Damian Williams. I mean, he's a great addition. Uh, wide receiver, a little iffy, I think. Um, you know, they have an easy schedule. I mean, they're playing Houston and Los Angeles to start it up. I think those are two easy wins. Great matchup with Baltimore in Week 3. And then I don't see many issues for them on the schedule until kind of maybe at Tampa Bay, I guess. I mean, that's just going to be a, a competitive game because it's the Bucks and with their new additions, Brady. I mean, that, that'll be a good game. But I just don't see much trouble in their schedule where they're going to really lose that many games where they're not going to hit the over. Um, the Chiefs are a scary one for me. If you think about their schedule in 2019, they won games that you expected them to win. Or I'm sorry, they won games that were like they, that were toss ups. You know, games against the Ravens, the Patriots, and then the games that they lost were kind of head scratching. Although they did, you know, lose Mahomes for a couple couple weeks. Um, I'm personally going to take the under. I'm not betting on it because I would be hating myself if I bet on a Chiefs under because I just don't want to be rooting for the the Chiefs to have less than 12 wins because um, that'll be a scary one. It'll be a big sweat. Um, I just don't trust that defense. I think the Chiefs are a type of team, you know, especially with uh, seven teams now making the playoffs, you know they're going to make the playoffs. I can see them kind of coasting to the playoffs, not putting all of their effort into every single game. That secondary outside of Tyron Matthew, um, not the biggest Bashad Breeland fan. Uh, Rashad Fenton is going to get playing time. Javarius Ward, I think, was like a, a pretty big liability for him last year. One of their biggest weaknesses. They lost Kendall Fuller. I don't like their secondary. Um, their offense is ridiculous. Easily the best in the league. Um, Mahomes is ridiculous. They add Clyde Ed Edwards-Hilaire, who's a great fit. Uh, Darren Sproles type player for them. Tyreek Hill, you know, top 10, top 5 receiver in the league. Um, they've got a good O-line. I just don't trust their defense. Uh, I don't think that they'll make it back to the Super Bowl this year. I think either the Ravens or the Steelers have a better shot. I think they'll be betting favorites in most of their games. And I think they're a team that I'm personally going to be fading a lot this upcoming season, um, which will suck. I think that every game will be a sweat, especially, you know, betting against Patrick Mahomes. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the under and uh, – Again, not betting on it, though. Yeah, the only thing I will say about the over, I mean, against the run, there's going to be no issues. Chris Jones, Frank Clark, two top players at their positions. But like you said, Jackson, that those, that cornerback room is suspect. I mean, they have to go up against Cooks, Keenan Allen. Uh, they're going up against Sutton and Judy. I mean, they're playing Tampa Bay where they have to face Godwin and Evans, New Orleans with Sanders and Thomas. I mean, they're going to get torched by the uh, wide receivers in those games. And... I mean, it could really come down to that. I mean, Patrick Mahomes can put up as many points as he wants, but, I mean, if that, if that secondary is not stopping anybody, then, I mean, it's just a matter of, uh, <laughs> of scoring more, and I don't, think the, I don't think the Chiefs can really stop anybody in that aspect of the game. 
Yeah, I was really hoping that with that last pick in the first round that they'd take a corner because they desperately needed it. A guy like Trayvon Diggs or Jalen Johnson out of Utah. Uh, I mean, I really like the Edward Solaire pick. He's a great fit. Um, but, I mean, the Chiefs schedule from last year, right, they lost to the Colts, which was surprising. Losing to the Titans was surprising. I, I thought the Packers was a surprising loss. Um, and in the games they won, like against the Ravens and the Patriots, the Chargers multiple times, I, they're just so inconsistent, at least in the regular season, that I'm going to go with the under, but it'll be close. Next, we've got the Las Vegas Raiders. Seven and a half is their projected win total. They had seven last year. What do you think? Uh, I actually like the over for the Raiders this year. I mean, Derek Carr is so consistent with his accuracy. I mean, he's not going to light up the uh, the stats board there, but Josh Jacobs emerged as a top 10 running back, I think, last year. I think he's going to take even even bigger steps this year. Um, I, you know, the question, I think the biggest question around the draft was the wide receivers and where they would fall. And I think the biggest question came with Henry Ruggs and how he went before uh, Jerry Judy. I mean, Henry Ruggs is a speedster. What, would he, what was it, like 4-2 or something mm-hmm. on the, at the uh, combine? You know, their wide receiver room is not good. They have Renfro and Tyrell Williams as their two and three. So Henry Ruggs is going to be asked to do a lot. And I don't think that's going to really be uh, something that they're going to uh, be beneficial towards them. I mean, Darren Waller is a really good tight end, kind of, again, hybrid tight end. But, I mean, their offense is going to be spotty, and I don't think they're going to be that competitive on defense either, really. Jonathan Abram, hopefully he can take a, a steps forward after being injured last year. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of their corner room. I don't think Prince Mukamara, I think he's declining. Um, Corey Littleton, I think, was a good addition, actually. Uh, Max Crosby, I think, overperformed last year. And I think Clellan Farrell underperformed last year, so I don't know how that's going to work out there. Not a fan of their defensive line other than Maurice Hurst. I mean, they have a relatively tough schedule playing New Orleans, New England, Kansas City. I mean, they're in their division, but Tampa Bay. I mean, I think they'll hit the over. I think they'll be competitive enough in games to maybe pull it out. But, uh, again, I think I'd fade the Raiders this year. I think it's a lot. A lot of this is weighing on Derek Carr. Um, They were very active in free agency, but Corey Littleton is really the only one that gets me excited. Carl Nassib, Nick Witkowski, Jeff Heath, Malik Collins, Jason Witten, Nelson Aguilar, Marcus Mariota. Those are their big additions, and Corey Littleton is really the only one that I think will have a big impact. Um, I do like the pick of Henry Ruggs over, at least for the Raiders, over Judy and CeeDee Lamb. I think this is John Gruden saying to Derek Carr, this is your last chance. Um, Henry Ruggs is a deep ball receiver and Derek Carr has always been hesitant to throw that deep ball and I think this upcoming season they're going to have a lot of opportunity to be throwing that deep ball with Henry Ruggs and if Derek Carr does it then I think you know he's going to be the guy for the next few years if he proves that he's hesitant he can't really throw that deep ball then I think Gruden's going to move on so I think Henry Ruggs is is a great fit it's really going to decide whether or not Derek Carr is the guy for the Raiders. Um, I think we both can agree in the least of this is going to be a run-heavy offense, I think, through Josh Jacobs. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say that if they didn't take three receivers in their first four picks. You know, they, they invested a, a lot of draft capital into the receiver position. Lynn Bowden, I think, is going to be a, an absolute athlete for the Raiders. Brian Edwards a guy that I think is not talked about a lot, underrated. Um, he's a guy that can high point the ball well. 
Um, I mean, if you think about that division, I don't trust, if you think about the Broncos, I don't trust A.J. Boye to cover Henry Ruggs. The Chiefs don't have anyone to cover Henry Ruggs. I think a lot of the game plan, at least in the division, Chargers might be different. Um, but I think it'll be pass game centric, at least with, uh, with that deep ball. I don't trust Derek Carr to be able to do it. I think he's more of a um, short route passing game guy. Uh, and I think that he's going to be looking for a job in a couple of years after John Gruden decides to move on. I'm personally taking the under, and I'd, I'd be, I would be surprised if the over hits. I, I don't personally see in the Raiders uh, getting up to eight wins with, with Derek Carr. I don't trust him. I can see them maybe getting five or six, which is way below the win total. Um, I, I think it's one that I'm going to end up betting on. I will pick the under. Okay. You know, Derek Carr has been so underwhelming, I think, in his career. I mean, it showed last year, two games against Kansas City. I think the Raiders, the Raiders, when they played that first game against Kansas City at home, they were either up or down by a few going into the half, and then they just got torched. Yep. I mean, the issues for Derek Carr, not accuracy, because he's always one of the most accurate QBs in the league, it's just a matter of whether he can be consistent. Like the amount of three and outs that I think I watched from the Raiders last year was obscene. Yeah. And Henry Ruggs is definitely going to help. Darren Waller, one of the best tight ends in the league. Now, I believe I believe that Derek Carr can take that next step forward. I think. I mean, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, Ceedee Lamb. I think it was a pick 'em there. I think I, I wasn't a huge fan of Ruggs, but again, like you said, with the deep ball, I think that's a big thing. You know. I'm going to take the over, but don't put the <laughs> uh, All right, to finish this up, we're going with the Chargers. The total set at 7.5, which is kind of surprising to me. They had five wins in 2019, and their quarterback situation is a lot more shaky, so the fact that they're expecting them to win two and a half more games is surprising to me. Tenth easiest schedule, and I say it was surprising, yet I find myself picking the over. Uh, I can see the combination of Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert leading this team to eight wins. I really like that defense. Uh, the biggest question mark was the linebacker position. They were able to get Kenneth Murray in the first round there. Um, there were other picks, at least defensively, that I liked, like Alohi Gilman from Notre Dame, that safety. Uh, Joe Gaziano is an undrafted free agent that they got uh, at a Northwestern defensive end. I really liked him. Um, K.J. Hill, steal from the seventh round at receiver out of Ohio State. I, I can see this team winning eight games. Chris Harris is a huge addition at corner. Pairing him with Casey Hayward. Desmond King was a guy who was in trade talks, and they ended up sticking with him, um, which is good. I, I like him as a player. Uh, Derwin James is one of the best safeties in the league. That secondary is top-notch, and I think a secondary that's going to be able to uh, compete with the passing offense of the Chiefs. Pass rushing wise, one of the best in the leagues. Joey Bosa, uh, Melvin Ingram is perhaps the best pass rushing duo in the league. Linval Joseph, you know, great in that interior, and they're still keeping a lot of their pass catches. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, um, and you're adding KJ Hill. Um, they do lose Melvin Gordon, which is a big one, but I think Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly are going to be able to handle the run game. Austin Eckler will still get his few carries and be an absolute torch in the passing game. I like this offense, I like this defense, and I can see them going 8-8. Eight and eight. 
Yeah, personally, I have the under for the Chargers. I just don't. The biggest question is around the quarterback room. I think Tyrod's going to start the year, and I think he's really quickly going to be uh, out of a job as Justin Herbert comes in quickly, I think. But, you know, I I'm not a huge fan of Justin Herbert. I don't think I trust him that much. The defense isn't going to be an issue. Maybe other than the interior, um, that, that defense, they have some of the top players at that position at each defensive spot. Uh, hopefully Hunter Henry can take a step forward last uh, this year after being injured a little bit last year, last few years. You know, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams are a great duo. Keenan Allen, more of a route runner. Mike Williams, kind of that speed big guy on the outside. I don't think either of them are going to put up over a thousand yards. As there's just too really, many, as there's too you many. You don't see Keenan Allen getting a thousand yards? I don't think so. There's just too many questions. I, I mean, Tyrod has never been great at airing it out. I mean, and I don't know what Justin Herbert's going to end up doing. I, I see Keenan Allen thriving in this offense. I think Keenan Allen can get a thousand yards, and I think Austin Eckler is going to push. He, he's going to get close to a thousand yards himself too, at least receiving. Receiving, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I could see it because I think Justin Herbert is going to be a little bit overmatched, and I think he'll check it down a lot to Eckler. I could definitely see that. I mean, I love Eckler and Justin Jackson as a duo. Justin Jackson, more of that pure runner, and then Eckler, kind of that shifty speed, pass catching running back. I mean, Mike Williams, I can see taking a step back, um, but I think I think this is going to be a nice spread West Coast offense where. You're doing your best to run short routes, get open. I think Keenan Allen's going to be targeted like crazy. and Oh, I'm not arguing that. Keenan Allen's going to be targeted a ton. I just I don't trust Tyron, and I, and, I, and I need to see what happens with Justin Herbert in the first few games. Like, I don't know. I mean, I think the most logical spot to put him in is to get week six to start against the Jets, where he has to go against the Jets, Miami, and Jacksonville. Maybe get a little confidence Keenan there. Allen will go. He's going to have... 500 yards combined in those three games. It's very, <laughs> very, very possible. I mean, Keenan Allen is going to get over 130 targets, I think, this year. I mean, Easily, I think, yeah. I mean, and, and I agree Mike Williams is going to take a step back. I mean, he's still going to catch, what, 50 balls or 49 balls for 900 yards because his uh, yards I, per catch I, I, I don't know if Mike Williams – Mike Williams isn't a guy that I'm taking in fantasy no matter what the round is. Keenan Allen, volume to be yeah, Keenan Allen is a guy that I can see taking second or third round, and I think he's a guy that's gonna he's gonna slide because I think a lot of people are gonna be scared with the quarterback situation, but I think he's gonna thrive in that offense no matter who's throwing the ball. Yeah, I'm gonna be one of those people that's scared and probably won't take him in fantasy. I don't think I'd take any point of prop bets on him to hit any overs. I mean, he's never been, has he, last year he caught a lot more touchdowns than he's done in the past. I think right. I think last year he went a little bit. Off the um, yeah, I think the the one year where he went crazy with the touchdowns the same year, they still had Tyrell Williams on the team. So I think that might have been Was that the year like before 2017. his ACL injury, I think? Uh, I don't know. Now I'm curious, so I'm going to look up Keenan Allen's stats. I think 20, 2017 was his huge year. I yeah. think I had him on, in fantasy. This is going to be a really competitive team, though, either way. I mean, playing the AFC West again, we've talked about how tough the AFC West is and how competitive that division is going to be, even though the Chiefs are still going to end up winning it. You know, they have a pretty easy schedule other than that, playing the Jets, Miami, Jacksonville. Um, they get Atlanta, who I don't think is going to be that good this year, even after their draft and free agency. I mean, they play the Raiders twice. I think that's a split. I think they lose both to the Chiefs, um, split Denver. I can see him winning one of the games against the Chiefs. I think they match up well against them. I think, yeah, I'm not going to – I think it'll be a good game, but it, 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 I think Chris Jones and Frank Clark are just going to get after 
I think it's probably going to be Herbert at that point in time. Well, not week two for week seventeen at least. Sure, but I th- I like Bulaga on the right or on the left side of that line to to try to protect him. Yeah. I think they've got a decent O line up there. It's been pretty shaky for a few years, but I think it's decent now. Yeah, there is that blind side's atrocious. Yeah, I mean Trey Turner is a big upgrade. Getting rid of Okun, who goes to the Panthers. Um, yeah, <laughs> that big year from Allen. He hasn't gotten over six touchdowns in one season. Really? So he tore his ACL 2016. Yeah, I had him there. 20, yeah, week, what was it, week one? <laughs> yep. Yeah, that sucks. Against the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, yep. He was 20, a good game, too, I think. Yeah, six for 63. Yeah. 2017, 100-plus catches, 1,400 yards, six touchdowns. Uh, so that was his biggest season. Last year, he still had 100-plus for 1,200, six touchdowns. So yeah. he hasn't. he's been really consistent in the last three years. Um, you know, I think it's a common theme with a lot of these teams this year. Like, if we take a look at the Chiefs, really, really strong offense, kind of iffy defense. I mean, with the Chargers, really, really strong defense. And then I don't know what's going to happen with their offense, and especially the quarterback room. I think that's a that really kind of hurts uh, my predictions on what's going to happen with the over-under because I think it's so hard to predict at that point. Uh, yeah, you look at the, Char- the Chargers and the Broncos, both projected seven and a half wins, both with really good defenses. I like the Chargers defense a little bit more, and yeah, I trust I that offense a little bit more yeah. than I do the Broncos offense. So I'm that like I'm leaning Chargers over Broncos under. Um, yeah, I mean I have it the opposite. Right, but I wouldn't be surprised if that. Yeah. it's going to be a tough one. That 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 division is going to be fun to watch because I, I mean the Raiders are also a dark horse. I have them yeah. as an under, but I mean all four teams are going to be fighting for the playoffs, especially with seven being able to make it. So. I mean, I wonder how Kenneth Murray's going to really fare at linebacker. And he, I'm, not, I'm not arguing that he's not good. He's really good. But outside of Kenneth Murray, I mean, Drew Tranquil, Denzel Perryman. I, I, yeah, I like Two Nick very Vigil. strong guys. I do like Nick Vigil. Um, I, don't, I mean, he's, who I don't mind either. But I see Nick Vigil as probably like fourth or fifth on that linebacker death chart. Okay. Now. I mean, that's going to – I think that's going to be uh, – that might be a position of weakness outside of Kenneth Murray. I mean, corner's not an issue. Safety's not an issue. Derwin James is probably one of the best, if not the best, safety in the game. I think an issue is going to be run defense, though. I mean, Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa, great pass rushers, but outside of Linval Joseph, I don't like any of those interior guys of Justin Jones, Jerry Tillery. Uh, Jerry Florida. Tillery was young, though. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I mean, I, I think, I think I, he might be able to, the, the kid out of Notre Dame, I think he might be able to take a step forward this upcoming season. He's a big body. I just think run defense might be an issue. I mean, they're facing Joe Mixon, Edward Tolaire, McCaffrey. Um, we'll see. Kamara. Yeah, we'll, we'll see with the Chargers. Again, I think they're a team that I'd fit. Okay. Um, you have to put your life savings on one of these 16 bets. Which one are you picking? Oof. I think it has to be the Baltimore over. I think that's okay. the most logical pick here. I mean, I think that's the one. I mean, watching a team and hoping that they lose is different than watching a team and hoping they win. I think I think the Ravens' schedule is so easy, so cookie-cutter that they're just going to work through it. 11 and a half after they won 14 last year. I mean, they got better. They got better on They improved, defense. and now they've got the easiest schedule in the league. Um yeah, I'm probably at least with three these three or with the the these sixteen the AFC side. I think I'm gonna end up if the season goes as planned, placing bets on three. Um, I'm placing a lot of money on the Ravens over, the Jaguars under. There's I, I do not trust Gardner unless they sign a guy like I'm gonna wait till the season starts because if they sign a guy like Cam Newton. I think that's a different story. Yep. If they're sticking with Gardner and Minshew, I don't see that team winning six games. 
And so I'm putting a significant amount on those two. And I am dropping some money on the Bills over at nine. Team won 10 wins, or team won 10 games last year. And I think they're only going to improve. Um, so those are my three best bets. Yeah, if I was making three bets, again, the Baltimore over, I think that's just going to be the most common pick this year from handicappers. Um, I like Chiefs over. Again, that could go either way, especially on that defense. Um, I, I personally think that they're going to be fine after that Super Bowl run last year. And I think the last one I would take is probably the, uh, I think the Jets under. Okay. I, I was on the Jets under too, um, but I, I am a fan of Sam Darnold. I think in that quarterback class, he was the best one. Yeah, um, Josh little... Allen's kind of appearing to be at least um, – he's the most athletic. Like, if he didn't have his run game, I wouldn't be saying he's the best quarterback in that class. But at least um, best arm at, on draft yeah. time, I, th- I like Sam Darnold as a number one pick. Yeah, I think Sam Darnold's a little inconsistent. He and is. I think last year that showed, especially after he came back from uh, the illness, I, I wonder how he's going to do this year, especially with the worst wide receiver room, I think. Agreed. All right, uh, thank you for joining in. Next week we'll be discussing the other side of the, the, uh, the league, the NFC win totals. Um, we'll be discussing Jason's Panthers as well. Five and a half wins <laughs> under. <laughs> Not going to argue there. <laughs> and uh, so tune in next week for, for the NFC, if your favorite team is in the NFC. And uh, if not, thanks for joining us with the AFC win totals, and hopefully you win some money in this upcoming season. Peace.